Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like to talk about movies, sports, and whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man, otherwise known as Bruce. And today we're going to be talking about Star Wars and the future of Star Wars coming up. Yay, May 4th, uh, Rise of Skywalk will be on Disney+. Plus. Hopefully in a few months we'll have some money and I'll buy it. There's apparently like an epic 20-something disc set of Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. This one disc is just George Lucas saying that Disney ruined everything. They just <laughs> they just ruined everything. Which, oh, oh, look at look at this. They just oh, they just ruined everything. <laughs> and I'll say this. I mean he's not a hundred percent wrong, nor is he a hundred percent right. <laughs> I don't know why that's my George Lucas voice. I don't even think that doesn't sound anything like him, but I still love the how it should have ended for Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Steven Spielberg. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. We shouldn't have made it. I'm sorry. Walks away. And then George Lucas walks up to the podium with a bag of money. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was an Indiana Jones movie. It was definitely Temple of Doom style Indiana Jones movie. The casting choice of Shia LaBeouf, yes, was probably the most glaring problem I think people have with that. I think that's why everyone says it's like the worst one is because he doesn't look anything like Indiana Jones and his character certainly doesn't act anything like Indiana Jones. Yeah. So I think that was the the hard part was because you have the clear heir to Indiana Jones, and you're like, how how is he going to pick up the mantle? He he's a greaser. <laughs> oh, yeah, like literally, isn't he? <laughs> Starts a fight with a bunch of jocks. <laughs> well, that was because here uh, Indy told him to. Oh yeah, that's right. So you see, this guy hit him. <laughs> oh yeah, that was to create the distraction. Because he gets punched back and he falls into all the other greasers, and then it's game on, baby. Right. <laughs> Which was to you know throw the not or the the Russians off the trail. Yeah. But no, no, what was more the probably cringeworthy was like Marion. I can't remember. It wasn't Ravenwood was the name that he was given. It was Marion something or other. And he's like, I don't know. There's been a lot of Marion, and the kid was pissed off. And he's like, Well, he's not insulting your mother. He's just saying that knew a lot of women you know yeah, he's, 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 he's not like he's not saying your mother's loose he's saying he is <laughs> right <laughs> and so you may be getting pissed off for the wrong reason yeah just think, just think about why you're getting mad <laughs> well anyways uh star wars star wars star wars okay so upcoming star wars stuff well i guess the, the actual most real thing that we can say is Mandalorian Season 2. When's that supposed to start? Uh, October. Oh, we get some this year. Heck yeah. yeah. Yep. Heck yeah. How many of are we going to get more than like six episodes this time, right? Well, we got 12 the last time. Hold on. Yeah, look up. Mandalorian episode list. Eight. I think there was eight. Yep, eight. We got eight. Uh, eight. We got yeah, eight, well, Bruce. Well, we'll <laughs> <laughs> Better be more than eight. But yeah, Mandalorian season two in October. Okay, let's let's wildly speculate about that <laughs> because that's all we re- we really can do at this point. Uh-huh. Given the end of of season one, what do you think this is going to be about? Well, it's going to be about that imperial. Uh, oh, I don't know what his rank was. It was like a governor or something like that, or a marshal, or I, you know, some sort of high ranked imperial hunting down the Mandalorian and. 
what's going to be really more interesting is because of the dark saber that he was holding at the end. I know you don't remember, but uh, if some of our listeners don't don't know about it, watch the Clone Wars and then watch Rebels. The dark saber. If you've been watching the Mandalorian season one, it was that lightsaber with the black blade. Yeah, that he uses his way to cut out and cut his way out of the Tie Fighter. Right. It was uh, the lightsaber from the first Mandalorian Jedi, uh, crafted by the first Mandalorian Jedi. It's usually seen as the symbol of power for the Mandalorian. Like, whoever holds that is typically seen as the leader of the Mandalorian. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Uh, at least the way that it used to be. Okay, so at the end of the last episode, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't yet watched The Mandalorian. Um, the end, of, Not the end, but during that episode, we see the clan that he was a part of, or group, or whatever, that was underground, has either all fled or been wiped out. Now, What's your what's your read on that? Did they all get killed? No, they moved. The impression that I got was that they were kind of in hiding as far as a group. That if the Mandalorians bunched up together again, that people would kind of be like, oh crap, here come the Mandalorians again, kill them. I think it was to, to hide the clan and then keep everybody alive. Which is why I think they even said it earlier in the season was that the Coven is going to have to move because of what he did. Yeah, but you have all those, all the armor there, right? Sitting in front of the old shop and the old, you know, the lady's still there who's building the armor. So are all the people who left their armor, are they dead? That's a big question mark in my mind. Were they saying that all those Mandalorians died during the more or less invasion by the Imperials, or did they leave that armor on purpose, or what? what's the deal? I think they probably left the armor on purpose as kind of like a cache, like a safe house. If you happen to be here and you need something, you come into the underground here and grab it. I think that woman stayed behind because she's sort of like a, a matriarch, like a mother. You know, she's there to catch any stragglers who may come in looking for the Covenant in case they weren't there when it all went down. I think that's kind of a hopeful outlook, but I'm not sure that's what they were trying to portray. Like, I, I kind of got the feeling that everybody else was dead. Like, she was just it. So I'm going to rain on your parade here a little bit and say I feel better about this way because of who's directing it and who's your producer. So John Favreau is working with Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni's worked on The Clone Wars and Rebels, and he has a deep love for not just The Mandalorian, but for the Ahsoka Tano and the, a lot of that lore that he worked on leading up to this, and Dave Filoni is essentially the second biggest wig for, for Star Wars right now. Kathleen Kennedy's still in charge. Dave Filoni, he's in charge of the story. I can't believe Kathleen Kennedy's still in charge. <laughs> like, I really can't. <laughs> like, I I, I would have figured Iger or whoever is in charge when uh, The Last Jedi came out would have dragged her into the street and beat her to death with his bare hands. Well, no, but they want to keep her because she's the lap dog for Disney. I mean, I honestly don't think she did this because she thought this was the best way. I think she did it because Disney told her, hey, this is how we want things to happen. She's like, okay. You think The Last Jedi was because Disney wanted to do it that way? Mm-hmm. I got the impression that, that a lot of that was her call. Like, she was deciding on the directors and what the direction they wanted to take the, the properties. Well, yeah, but I mean, things like the stronger female overtone and, and a lot of that stuff, trying to make things more, quote-unquote, modern, socially speaking, which, you know, I don't have a problem with. It was just the way they did it. And I think Disney fumbles with that kind of stuff. Like, I think they did f- relatively fine with it in, in Episode 7 and 9, but they, I mean, Episode 8 was just such a massive blunder. And then, you know, and we've talked about this before, about the, the release of Solo being on the heels of that in an attempt to catch, you know, the wave from that and then realizing, oh, no, it's not a wave. <laughs> but I think that's because of the strength of the director. I think J.J. Abrams has a much higher respect for George Lucas and 
the franchise as a whole, or as uh, Brian Johnson? Yeah, I think so. Which is always weird to say because of ACDC. (laughs) Whereas Brian Johnson's more of, I'll do what you guys want me to do with my own twist. Like, he didn't care about the history. Yeah. He cared about making his film his way. Right. But I thought he was put in place by Kathleen. I thought she was, like, directly involved in that. Well, I mean, yeah, she hires everybody. the same way that CEO of any company hires everybody. Yeah, but typically when you hire somebody that loses your company millions and possibly billions of dollars, you, you ax that CEO. That's what happens a lot of times. <laughs> well, no, the point that I'm making is that if Kathleen Penny had told J.J. Abrams to do certain things and he didn't feel that it was true for the franchise, he wouldn't have done it. We still would have had the movies that we got for 7 and 9. Whereas Brian Johnson's like, hey, you want me to make my movie? Here's my movie. Yeah. I don't care that it's a Star Wars movie. Specifically about The Mandalorian, my outlook on it is a bit more positive. I mean, it's just what I got out with it. I mean, if I'm wrong, fine. I'm, you know, hooray. Like, <laughs> that's a good thing, I think. So we got The Mandalorian to look forward to. What else do we got coming up? Supposed Cassie and Andor show, miniseries, whatever. So who is that? The Rebel Spy from Rogue One movie. So for most people who have even seen Rogue One, maybe more than once, you're probably going to have to get more specific. <laughs> I can't really be more specific than that. He is the Rebel Spy from Rogue One. I mean, yeah, Rogue One. So he's the he's basically the male lead, <laughs> you know, the Jin Erso's uh, female lead. He kills a guy within the first couple of minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. He does he like decide he doesn't want to be part of the mission and then decide he does or like what's what's his deal? He wants to be part of the mission. It was Jin Erso who wasn't so sure about being part of the Rebel Alliance and wanting to find her father. Okay. As far as she was concerned, her father abandoned her. So, you know, she was the F.E. one. His job was orders from Mon Mothma were to find Jin Erso and then find Galen Erso and rescue him from the Empire. But then he gets side orders from another military person saying, no, you're not going to try to rescue him. You're going to kill him. And then he decides not to do that. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so apparently this film is going to take place five years before the events of Rogue One. Right. Obviously cannot play take place after the events of Rogue One because he's dead-ass dead. Yep. <laughs> that was one of those anthology movies like, yeah, we are absolutely not making a second movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and they couldn't because it ended like just, like literally, you know, an hour before the start of the uh, New Hope. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, but see, that's my thing. They could have done other things because uh, you know there are other. The, the war was still going on. To, you know, even after all the uh, the stuff that happens in a New Hope and whatnot. That's true. So okay, so here's my question: Weren't we supposed to get an Obi Wan Kenobi movie, TV show, something? Yep, and even even McGregor said it was happening. So they've teased it a few months ago, and they still haven't done anything about really? it. Really? Mm-hmm. That seems terrible, because that's something I want to watch. <laughs> right. It's something that everybody wants to watch. <laughs> okay. April 2nd news. Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series hires Joby Harold. I don't know who that is or why that matters. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Oh, is the new writer. Okay. Oh, okay. So Joe, Joby Harold, who most recently executive produced John Wick 3, is now penning. So I think we can expect what I want out of Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is... Mass killing the limb taker. The limb taker. <laughs> <laughs> if we're having the guy who produced John Wick doing Obi-Wan Kenobi, I think we're, I'm going to get what I want. <laughs> 
it's gonna come out of this is Obi Wan Kenobi, the Limb Taker. taker. <laughs> Why that be the title? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going pretty dark with this one. Yes, we are. I thought uh, I thought the number one uh, thing from Lucas with the was that this was you know for kids. Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? Kids love it when people take other people's limbs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was a kid during those scenes. I loved them. <laughs> it's right up there with our, our next favorite show, Slap Happy Uncle Owen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, we're supposed to get an Obi-Wan Kenobi. And really, I mean, I mean, other than the comics, and I know I don't know much about the comics, there's really not that much out there for Star Wars. I mean, is there going to be another movie? Like, where? Like, so we're told. <laughs> I mean, the, the most exciting thing to come out recently has been uh, about, like, a new book series about the Old Republic. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, the Grand Republic or something like the that. The Grand Republic, yeah. Is that, yeah, so that looks pretty cool. And they're supposed to do books, comics, and I guess maybe have a cartoon series on it. So that could be interesting. I do want to pick up the books when they come out, just because I'm kind of interested in see if they do anything kind of like the old Republic with it. The High Republic. The High Republic. There you go. Yeah, man. The High Republic. You know, the High Republic. You know what I'm talking about, man. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So not as much coolness on the front of Star Wars as as there is on the in the newness of Marvel, I think, coming up. So yeah, not as much cool stuff going on with Star Wars, which I'm really kind of surprised. You'd think they would be striking metal, you know, while it's hot on some of this stuff, really kind of doing it up. But it, it's so weird. It seems like since buying it, Disney's just been all like, yeah, we bought it. Okay. And you're like, <laughs> then why did you buy it? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you, know? you know, right after they bought it, they announced, oh, yeah, we're doing the... Uh, we're doing a new set of movies, and everybody was really happy, you know, before it happened. <laughs> and then since then, it's, it's, you know, performance has been somewhat lackluster. I don't know. What it is is because they got snake bit by episode eight, and so now they're all gun-shy about everything because they screwed up the pacing with Solo. And honestly, Solo should be a, a much bigger classic of Star Wars movies than it is. Yeah. And then with Rise of Skywalker, it was the end, and because the story got screwed up for me, it didn't get the accolades that it probably should have. Weren't we supposed to have a Boba Fett movie? Uh, there were rumors. There was nothing serious that I've ever heard. Like, the Obi-Wan thing was serious for a long time. Yeah. Like, they had seriously talked about it. And then, you know, even McGregor kept saying, I'd love to come do it. And then finally he came out, like I said, three, four, five months ago and said, it's happening. Disney and I have talked and it's going to happen. Can't say any more, anything more than that. And we haven't really heard anything since. Hmm. Okay. So, any any other rumors? Not really. I mean, not even video games, which is surprising. Like I said, it seems like they have this thing, and they don't know how to react. And I think part of it, too, might be that they're just mad that the fan reaction's been bad. And it's like, well, don't be mad at the fans. Be mad at yourself. You didn't do it well, you know? Yeah. And there's some things that they've done very well. The, a lot of the comic book series have done very well. Force of Destiny, they've done very well. Rebels was good. I think Resistance is been not good <laughs> just because i think resistance is for a lot younger crowd uh okay so what's resistance i don't know if i've heard much about it resistance is kind of like a pre-episode seven kind of thing it's about the rise of the first order and whatnot oh okay like by younger crowd are you talking like 
Teenagers? You're talking like kids. Kids. So kind of like the Clone Wars. <laughs> Actually, I think more kiddish than the Clone Wars because you got this character who essentially is a goofball character. He's supposed to be the hero of the story, but he's really just a giant screw-up and has no character development to him whatsoever. So for kids, he's great because the kids don't know that he's not actually developing. He's just saving the day, but barely because of his antics. So we're talking about Anakin, right? <laughs> no, no, it's his kid. Something Kazoto, or I can't remember. It's short for Kaz. He's this kid who wants to be part of the resistance. He wants to be a pilot. His dad's a high-ranking member of the military, the New Republic. And so he gets put on a secret mission by Poe Dameron. I watched like four episodes and I was like, I, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> He's as much of a screw-up at the beginning of the season as he is at the end of the season. And if there's no development there, then I can't watch it. Yeah, it's, it kind of seems like Anakin, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, no, Anakin developed. He just didn't develop as a good person. <laughs> slowly turns evil. Right. Yeah. He went to the dark side for bad reasons, but isn't that why most people do bad things? Is for bad reasons? They think they're good reasons, but really, they're just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, there was resistance, and then there was, I don't want to say forced destiny, but it was like a a YouTube cartoon short series, Star Wars, Destiny, something or other. And basically, that focused on Star Wars female characters and short stories that don't actually take place. Like, they're not canonical. They're just like kind of what-if adventure type things. So that's more or less what Disney has done with the franchise and picking it up years ago. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Honestly, the best things to come out of it were games by uh, Fantasy Flight, you know, like uh, the actually miniatures, Force of Destiny, kind of like a dice game. There's a trading card game. There's uh, Imperial Legion, which is a miniatures game. Armada, which is a space battle game. All tabletop. Yeah, and there's they, they have the, um, the one game sort of like cross between board game and uh, D&D sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good, too. That was Fantasy Flight as well. So I guess that's that's Star Wars. Somewhat disappointing, folks. Sorry. <laughs> uh, this has been another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. Thanks for joining us. If you feel like it, check out the website, Pat and the Mad Man, Pat and the, uh, Pat and the Mad Man, Pat and the Fat Man, <laughs> dot com, or the Patreon. Uh, I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. Stay classy. And the force be with you. I can't wait till we do the the end of the Star Wars, the episode three stuff. <laughs> we get to talk about Owen and, and getting Luke as a kid and thinking to himself, well, I'm going to slap the crap out of this kid as much as I can. <laughs> I hope it doesn't come back to haunt me. You know, like some crazy stormtrooper goes completely nuts and burns my body to a crisp till only my bones are showing. <laughs> Man, that was weirdly specific. <laughs>